Pastor Xavier Reese and Simple Truths of Faith. Faith is the means by which one approaches God. Faith is the confident assurance of things hoped for, as well as the assurance, confidence of expectation and conviction of things not seen. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is the reward of those who diligently seek Him. All who approach God according to His revelation and right attitude are exercising biblical faith. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The Bible records story upon story of men and women who have faced the insurmountable in order to accomplish the incredible. But what was the catalyst that motivated them to press forward? And is this same vehicle that enabled them available to Christians today? Pastor Xavier says the simple truth and answer to those questions can be found in the New Testament book of Hebrews. Let's join him with today's lesson, Men of Faith. Faith is defined and interpreted in so many ways today's society and also in the church. Uh, and sometimes it's difficult to correlate it to the faith of the Bible. Some believe that biblical faith is just saying that you believe in God. But devils believe and there won't be one devil in heaven. Uh, and by the way, devils at least tremble. Most men don't. Devils' doctrines are always uh, reasoning away and rationalizing away any compromise or judgment. It's always God's a God of love and there's never that balance of God's holiness or judgment. Others think biblical faith is one's own ability to believe. If you can believe hard enough and positive enough, it'll come to pass. But biblical faith is not natural. Biblical faith is supernatural. It's not because of us. It's just in spite of us. Biblical faith is imparted by God to man. Man is the one who embraces that faith from the beginning of new birth all the way through. It is God working in us. In reality, faith has an object, as you know, and that object is the person of Jesus Christ. This is the message of the book of Hebrews. Don't lose sight of what we've learned when you come to chapter 11. We can get so bogged down with each of these men and women of faith that we focus so much upon them. This author is giving the testimony of all these men and women of faith who trusted the promise of the Messiah to come, Jesus Christ. All of these witnesses rebuke the Hebrews that he's addressing. All of these died in faith, not receiving the promise. They had received the promise and they wanted to go back. That's the context. Therefore, we want to look at three men who are witnesses of faith from the antediluvian period, which represent three types of faith here, verse 4 through 7. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was, more, uh, was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the reward of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which... He condemned the world and became heirs of the righteousness which is according to faith. 
Every one of these men and women mentioned here go along with the description of faith in verse 1, 2, and 3. Evidence of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. The elders of old received a good testimony, and they believed that God was the creator of the world. Everything said about these men and women goes back into verse 1, 2, and 3. It lines up from different perspectives. Here's the three types of faith. Faith that worships, Abel, verse 4. Faith that walks, Enoch, verse 5 and 6. And faith that witnesses, Noah, verse 7. Faith that worships, Abel. Notice the comparison of the two men to begin with. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. The comparison is that they both had access to God. God respects no person, as you know. God rejects no person if they come by way of his revelation. The comparison also marks a contrast between Abel and Cain. Faith is the means by which one approaches God. Faith is the confident assurance of things hoped for, as well as the assurance, confidence of expectation and conviction of things not seen. In fact, by it, we said, the ancients received a good testimony. By it, all the ancients knew that God was the creator of the world. Notice the comparison focuses on the sacrifice. By faith, Abel offered up a more excellent sacrifice. Sacrifice in the scripture always equates worship, either by implication or by declaration. Whenever there was an altar and a sacrifice, it meant worship of the Most High, always. The phrase more excellent simply means greater in some qualitative sense. And so faith is the object that made Abel's sacrifice superior in quality from Cain's. The faith is what made the sacrifice of greater quality, not the sacrifice itself. Notice the commentary on Abel's person is given to us there in verse 4. Through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. Many have debated, as you probably have heard often studies, on the difference of these offerings. Um, Genesis 4, 3 and 4, 4 tells us that Abel offered the first of the flock of the herd, the blood sacrifice, while Cain offered up the fruit of the ground. And so they make a big to-do between this and that. But the only problem with this is that the record of Genesis does not make that distinction between the gifts. It's reading into it. Nor does the book of Hebrews make any distinction regarding the gift itself. The reason for God accepting Abel's sacrifice notice and not Cain's is given in our text very clearly. The phrase through which does not refer to the sacrifice, but to the faith of Abel. The reason God accepted the one sacrifice is because it was by faith. By faith, Abel offered a more excellent or superior quality of sacrifice. And now through faith, Abel obtained witness that he was righteous. There's the focus. 
Notice that he obtained a witness that he was righteous. Whose witness is this? It's the witness of God. The phrase obtain witness, martyrio, we studied before, means a witness well attested. Reliable. A true witness of biblical faith. And who's the one saying, this is genuine faith that I honor? God. No man is giving witness to any of these persons here in Hebrews 11. It's God who's saying, yes, yes, yes. Because he sees the heart. The witness is a testimony regarding Abel's character of being righteous, which means upright, virtuous, by keeping God's commands. Now, the faith of Abel was in obedience to God. In his word, not simply just obeying God, but if we're going to obey, there has to be very specific things we're obeying. He obeyed God and his word in a right attitude of heart, rendering the most basic form of worship. Have you ever thought of obedience as worship? It's the most basic form of worship. When you obey, you're worshiping God. You're saying, you're God, I'm the servant. You're right, I'm wrong. <laughs> the most basic form of worship is obedience. If you think that worship is simply coming here and worshiping a half hour before the study, and many Christians believe it's just a warm-up and a fill-in for people to get here late. No, it isn't. Church begins promptly at the beginning of worship. <laughs> worship is when you obey. Worship is when you're driving down the street and you're worshiping God because he's ministered unto you. When you're speaking to him and worshiping and thanking him for saving you, that's worship. Worship comes in many forms. Music is just one way. Singing is just one way. Abel's faith was counted for righteousness. Notice that. And he then worshiped through and by the sacrifice. Faith always has the object, as we've said. Without any doubt, Abel offered up the animal in faith as an IOU of the very first of many promises given to them, the seed of the woman in Genesis 3.15. Right after the fall, God said, I'm going to send you a savior, born of a virgin, the seed of the woman. Abel had to have offered that sacrifice in faith of Genesis 3.15, the first of many promises given to them. And God honored that because it was based upon the promise of the coming of the Messiah. How relevant this man all the way back and uh, a little bit after the fall, the author goes all the way back and shows the faith in Jesus Christ. Look at verse 13 of chapter 11. These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having been uh, seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They never received the promise of the Messiah. What a rebuke and warning to these Hebrew Christians to who were wavering in their faith in Christ Jesus who had received the full promise and they were trying to go back. What a rebuke. Remember the quotation that set the stage for this entire chapter was chapter 10, verse 38. The just shall live by faith, quoting Habakkuk 2.4. Habakkuk believed God or bringing back the children of Israel even though he couldn't see that after the Babylonian captivity. That's the basis of this whole exposition in chapter 11. 10, 10.38, quoting Habakkuk 2.4. Jesus declared judgment over the scribes, you remember, and the Pharisees for the death of the righteous and he mentions the righteous blood of Abel in Matthew 23.35. 
First martyr, Abel. The record of Genesis, as you know, confirms the, the problem was the heart and the reason for rejection of Cain's offering. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 5 through 7, we are told, God says, but he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell, verse 5 says. Now, you know as a father and a mother, your child is not right with you, and you look at them, you say, what's wrong? And they look down. When they're guilty, they look down. Why is your countenance falling? Because I'm guilty. When your kid's good with you, you talk to them, they look square in the face, big smile. Cain was not right with God. Why is your countenance falling? And then in verse 6 of Genesis 4, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? God was seeking confession of sin from Cain, giving that opportunity. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and his desire is for you, but you should rule over it. God is offering Cain there in verse 7, an opportunity for repentance. God was also giving a warning to Cain that if repentance was refused, sin was lying at the door as a ravenous beast ready to leap upon him to rule his life, and he would be a slave of sin. He chose not to repent. You know his life story. In fact, the New Testament in 1 John 3.12 says that Cain is called that wicked one because his works were evil. He was a murderer. His heart, that was a problem, Genesis shows us. He did not want to repent from sin. He didn't agree with God. Abel, by and through faith, was worshiping God, not allowing sin to master him. Rather than being a slave of sin, he chose to be a servant of God. Notice thirdly that the conviction of, of Abel's sin that is recorded here is as in through it, he being dead still speaks. Amazing. Although 6,000 years have passed, the record of Abel's faith still speaks loud and clear. The word for speak is never used to speak to God in Scripture. It's always to speak to man. The text is not saying that Abel is speaking, he's dead but rather that through it, the witness given by God about Abel's faith, the testimony of God in the scripture still speak to men and women who read the record of Cain and Abel that he only honored the one instead of both because the one came by faith and worshiped God. The other rejected. And so the scriptures still convict men they warn men. They give a clear understanding of who and how they can approach God. Man is without excuse, as Romans says. All who approach God according to his revelation and right attitude are exercising biblical faith. And so these Hebrew Christians were to be like Abel, believing in faith, the revelation of God about Jesus in order to what? To be righteous and accepted. You cannot be right with God and accepted by God if you don't come through Jesus Christ. That's the whole message of Hebrews. Worship of God is the evidence of our love for all the sins that Jesus has forgiven us. And Jesus, if you remember, rebuked Simon the Pharisee for his hypocrisy while he commended 
the sinful woman who worshipped him. The story, as you know, is in Luke 7, 45 through 48. Listen to Jesus. He said to Simon, you gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with a fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loves much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. What a picture of worship. On her face, on the ground, kissing the Lord's feet. Worship. Simon, the proud Pharisee, saying, if this man knew what manner of woman she was, he would not have anything to do with her. Jesus said, Simon, I have somewhat to say to you. Simon saw a whore. Jesus saw a woman repenting of her sin. This woman walked away justified, coming to God in faith. Simon perished in his self-righteousness. Faith that worships begins by the acknowledging of the way God has made to worship him. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father by me, John 14, 6. You cannot come any other way. In fact, Jesus rebuked Pharisees constant in Matthew 15, 9. He says, in vain they worship me, teaching the doctrines of man for the commandments of God. If your, your form of worship does, contradicts the word of God, if it violates the scripture, then you're teaching the doctrines of man. If we don't find in the scripture, we don't do it. It must be in the scriptures. In fact, Paul Warning the Colossians 2.18 says, Let no man cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into things, those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by the fleshly minds. There are people who are going to tell you all kinds of mystical experiences. They have, oh, an angel appeared to me, and God appeared, and God told me, and God does not. And there are some people that seem to think, want you to think that God speaks to them every hour of the day. Now, they either have been smoking crack or they just got in an asylum. Because if you study the scriptures, the testimony of scriptures, God didn't speak to men all the time. In fact, God was silent for about 13 years when he, with Abraham. Didn't speak to him at all. <laughs> Interesting. He speaks to us through his word. Faith and that worship is an agreement with God's word. You must get in line with God's word. Jesus said this to the woman of Samaria, as you know, John 4, 24. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him, but God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God, they must be one. The Holy Spirit is never going to contradict the Word. It only sheds light on the revealed Word that we have received. It never contradicts. In fact, Paul the Apostle uh, Philippians chapter 3, 3, he says, For we are the circumcision who worship God in spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. So we're not putting our trust in rituals, in our ceremony, in our pomp, in our dress, but in Jesus Christ. These Hebrews have already been told to worship Jesus even as the angels were commanded in Hebrews 1, 6. But when he began uh, again, brings in the firstborn into the world. He says, let all the angels of God worship him. That's how he opens up the book. Jesus deserves everybody's worship. And the angels are the greatest witnesses of this. Faith that worship is one 
of humility and brokenness before God. Not proudful. Let me give you some scriptures. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Psalm 51, 17. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Isaiah 57, 15 and 66, 2 says, For thus saith the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones and who trembles at my word. You know the, the preview in chapter 5 of Revelation, verse 11 through 13, as we hear the voice and many around the throne, living creatures, elders, the number of them thousands, tons and thousands of thousands, who say worthy is a lamb who was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor and glory and blessings, so on and so forth. The lamb of God. The theme of heaven is worship. That should be a focus on earth here as a church, that we worship Jesus, no one else. We don't worship anybody but Jesus. Jesus and him alone. And so Abel represents faith that worships. Notice secondly, faith that walks. Enoch, verse 5 and 6. The proclamation of Enoch's faith is given to us in verse 5 at the beginning there. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God took him. The miraculous event that Enoch experienced was unique, as you know. Enoch was taken away so that he uh, did not see death. Uh, Genesis chapter 5, verse 1 through 31, gives us the record of his life. And the phrase uh, here, to take away, means to transpose, to transfer, or to translate. The term appears only one other time, and we've seen it in chapter 7, verse 12. It's regarding the high priesthood of Jesus. It is untransferable. It's given in the negative. It stops with him. There is no other person who's a high priest. There is no one else who is looked after Jesus has come. He's the ultimate priest. No one else. The man Enoch here was a man like any other who lived in the days of Adam and Eve. He was a son of Jared, as Genesis tells us whose name meant descent. Notice the monumental event was permanent. Enoch was not found because God had taken him. There came a day when Enoch was on the earth, and then the next thing you know, he's gone. He's removed. Now, notice the implication being that the members of his family and others, friends and others, they were looking for him, but he wasn't found. They went out looking for him. He was found. They weren't looking for Elijah. And Elijah said, don't go look for him. Oh, we got to go look for him. Maybe he fell. No, don't go. All right, go, go, go. He came back. We can't find him. I told you not to look for him. The translation of Enoch was not due to his faith. But the fact that Enoch was a man of faith, that fact is the focus. God then sovereignly took him. Enoch wasn't saying, well, I'm going to go up. I'm going to go up. I'm going to go up. No. Enoch was just walking with God. And God said, boom, gone. Enoch one day was walking with God as usual and he kept on walking into the presence of God. And that should be a picture of you and me. We just walk with God. One day he says, let's go home. <laughs> Whether by death or by rapture, one of the two. Doesn't matter, does it? The focus is not his translation to heaven, but on his testimony of faith that he would be with God one day for all eternity. Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truths and power of faith. 
And as always, you can hear this message again, if you like, online anytime by selecting today's date at the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. But there's much more to come when we pick up this study right here next time as well. Now, if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, though, you can pick up a copy of this message. And the title to ask for is Men of Faith. It's available on CD for only $4. And make sure you pass on this study to someone in your church or Bible study. Once again, the title to ask for is Men of Faith, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. The power and blessing of faith. It's on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Don't miss it. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com